Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We are having a problem in the last few months. Uh, there's been an uptick in crime, but it is a problem directly related to the coronavirus. Yes, and by the way, what you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. Shifting production to Thailand and to Vietnam, Thailand and Vietnam, Two places that I like their leaders very Two much. places where I haven't been. Welcome. Thank you for joining me. So I saw some nice butterflies today on my walk. I've learned to appreciate nature more. It's tranquil. It's peaceful out there. I haven't seen... I've been on a big uh, drought as far as deer go. And anything else, uh, the four-legged's... Haven't seen too much. It's weird, the power of persuasion and how that works. <clears throat> and this is what I mean. This is out of nowhere, but I was thinking about it in my walk today. And it's something that's always happened to me that that um, that still happens. It just happened a couple of days ago. And um, I'll see somebody else. I'll say, how you doing? And it doesn't matter. Somebody who I know, somebody who I work with, somebody in my house, relatives, like a stranger. See a cop. How you doing? Somebody at the store. How you doing? And mostly with strangers. When I say that, when I say, hey, how you doing? I say, how you doing? Many times, I would say even more than half the time I say that. The person thinks I, I'm saying, what the hell are you doing? What the hell are you doing? But I'm just saying, how you doing? And it's incredible. Because I say it, and I and I just mean it as in, how you doing? 
something I can say just conversationally, confidently, it's incredible how no matter from cops to you know managers in the office to just people on the street or the mailman to relatives always are back in their heels and they tell me what they're doing. Like I've had a cop even say, this big dude, how you doing? I say, and the cop said like, oh, you know, just uh, just uh, putting a day of work in, you know, hardly working, you know, whatever, you know. And people will say, uh, you know, just trying to get the paper out of work in the paper. You know, just enjoying the day. As if I would, because nobody's prepared for somebody to say with authority. And it's not even as if I'm saying, how you doing? It's a, it's a nice tone, but it's a, it catches people off guard. So almost to a person now, now my kids have decided, by the way, downstairs, they have decided today is vacuuming day. It, to a person, everybody answers. The people who think I say, what the hell are you doing? Always assume that I'm, that they have to answer. Because the way I said it, now, if you told me to go say to somebody, what the hell are you doing? I would crumble probably in front of them. And because I would never have the audacity to say that to somebody. I would certainly never go up to a cop and say, what the hell are you doing? I would never know. I wouldn't never, never do that. I, I, I would never say to anybody, what the hell are you doing? But I don't realize that I'm saying that because I'm not saying that. I'm saying something else that sounds just like it. I mean, I'm not, I never, I wasn't one of these guys who, who could go up to a, a bar and say, uh, uh, hey ladies, what are y'all doing tonight? You know, I, that was not me. And anytime I tried, I, my self-confidence would crumble the word three into it. And I'd, I'd, I'd just totally mangle what I was supposed to say. I was so bad. I was so terrible at the bar scene. God, it's, well, and for a couple of reasons. And one of the reasons we're going to get to actually in a bit, because a 27-year-old um, blonde conservative woman has uh, complaints, and it's related to the kind of guys who approach her. But I thought that was interesting. They say, uh, how you doing? How you doing? And they feel like they have to tell me what they're doing, as in I'm taking an audit, and you better tell Tom Shattuck immediately what you're doing. <laughs> I don't know. Try it sometime. Try it sometime. It's interesting just how, and some people just have that. Some people, some people have like this presence where they can say stuff like that and, and people react to it. Some people have this confidence in them. For instance, for me, a bunch of years back, I was covering a Super Bowl for some people and, or for a media organization. And we had, when you're in the press, generally, they put you way up in the nosebleeds in the press section for the Super Bowl. Uh, and this was kind of a serious journalism endeavor I was on. But I, I I could never, I mean, I was thinking, I was at the Super Bowl, the Patriots are in it. I'm like, I'm not staying up here. There's no way, there's no way I'm not getting down to the cool seats. So I go make my way down. I've got the I've got some lanyard, some pass, but um, but it's it doesn't have it doesn't have the credential. I'm not allowed to go to the cool section, the VIP section. 
But I go to the guy and I size the guy up and say, okay, I can work on this guy. So I said, hey, listen, I'm with this. The I need to go into, into there and uh, ch- check on this for halftime for my organization. We're part of network. It's part of uh, uh, coverage, whatever. I just got to go in there. And he said, you don't have the right path. I said, I well, I know. But I just got to go in there and just you know hand something off. Um, and, uh, and I'll be back and don't worry about it. You know, obviously I'm with the, pre- you know, I work in there and the guy's like, uh, okay, fine. It's like easy peasy. Fine. I get past, I got past that guy. Cause I knew this was where all the, that where all the uh, big, beautiful people were. And then uh, that's where it was. It was like the, the NFL office, uh, boxes were in there and like Fox sports and ESPN and to get into their box area. You know, you needed a key or another kind of pass or whatever. And so I said to myself, this is no problem. By the way, I know this sounds unethical, and it is. But I I just wanted to, you know, get into a section. So, like, the, the Fox Sports section or whatever opens up, and all the biggies from Fox are in there and all sorts of celebrities. The, do- the door opens. Somebody walks out. I then grab the door, and I just walk in. I figure I'll just walk in. Nobody. This guy taps me in the shoulder from behind, and he said, you know, you know, go. And he said it with such authority. I thought this guy must have been a Navy SEAL or something. And he now works for Blackwater. And he had such authority that he saw right through me, 18 levels, layers deep, sized me up and said, this dude is a fraud, should not be in this room. And I'm going to convey to him in a way that he knows that I've read his DNA already and he has no chance of talking to me and getting out of it. And that guy, and I said, oh, no problem. You've successfully identified me as a miscreant. I am a miscreant. I will now self-jettison out of your area and try to find somebody weaker. And then eventually I found something, another section weaker, um, which was which was a beautiful people's section. But actually, unfortunately, this section, the bar was, this is what you get. I, I, like, I got in, into a section with the really, um, really high society. But unfortunately, bar wasn't open. And I got like a vodka soda, and it was like 27 bucks. And so I had one drink during that entire football game, which is good, actually, to get to enjoy the entire game. But, um, but the power of persuasion. And I've seen that law enforcement do that a couple of times up close. Really cool. Not as forceful and cool and uh, as groundbreaking as my uh, how you doings. But you know another time when when that when I had influence over people in <laughs> and this is only f- for women is is and this is actually kind of actually pretty twisted now that I think of it and in kind of st- almost stealing in a way. But one time I walked with my daughter. My daughter, my daughter was just a baby, maybe a year old, and I had her on my shoulders. And I'm walking through the mall, and and <laughs> and all these beautiful women were looking at me and smiling. And I am, I am uh, not good looking. My wife thinks I am, and that's thank God she has whatever uh, mental defect that is that makes her think I am. Um, but so. <laughs> All these beautiful women kept looking at me and smiling. And these are women who had a kind of cold look and absolutely did not want me looking at them, kind of walking down the hall. And I wasn't leering at anybody or whatever, but I was just noticing that, wow, today every 
all of these beautiful women, all sorts of, you know, not beautiful women, whatever, smiling and looking at me and, wow, isn't this, isn't this, like, great? This is, I'm onto something here. And, and it didn't take too long before I realized that they were looking at my daughter who was on my shoulders, who was a baby, and just the maternal instinct was kicking in. And so they were looking and smiling with affection at a child. And, of course, I was stealing their their affectionate look as my own because I'm uh, wretched, I guess. But it was very interesting. It was just a very interesting thing. I don't know. Every time I tell that story, I'm unsure and uneasy about having told it. All right. Speaking of unsure and uneasy, Joe Biden, uh, he is having trouble. He's having trouble, and it's interesting how this year seems to be a record year for him as far as verbal gaffes that really threw a, a neutral filter, or at least the cultural filter certainly of 2020, would seem to be problematic in a race way. So he's he talks to the, these, a collection of... Um, there's a conference every year of uh, black journalists and I think uh, Latin journalists, uh, Latino journalists every year. And he's on a conference call, call with some of these folks and, well, yeah, he makes a, an observation. Yes, and by the way, what you all know. Whenever Joe Biden says, oh, and by the way, you realize there's one more in the chamber and there's plenty of time for uh, for this thing to go south sideways, which it does. Yes, and by the way, what you all know, but most people don't know. Unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community <laughs> with incredibly different attitudes about different things. Well, the black community is a complete monolith. No, I mean, there are a couple of exceptions. There are some exceptional black people who aren't part of just this easy um, monolith one experience, um, you know, background. Oh, there are some notable exceptions. Yes, and by the way, what you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community <laughs> with incredibly different attitudes about different things. Ooh. In the year of You Ain't Black, this is not a great thing for Donald Trump to be saying. Donald Trump, jeez. If Donald Trump had been saying that, you would know about it right now because CNN would be wall to wall. You would, they would have all of uh, all of the usual suspects up there in panel telling us. And impeachment, the vote would be probably tomorrow. But uh, Biden also had some problem with uh, just word placement and recollection. I think he actually makes up a word here. He's got a he's having challenges, and I actually. At some point, this will no longer be that funny, and I think it'll probably be in the next month or so. I'm so forward looking to have an opportunity to sit with the president or stand with the president in debates. There can be plenty of time. And by the way, as I joke with him, you know, it, I, I shouldn't say it. I'm going to say something I don't. I, I probably say shouldn't joke. say. Anyway, I am. Uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental. Fil my physical as well as my mental fitness. Yeah, well, unfortunately, judging your physical and mental fit uh, right now, I think, and that's uh, that's not a great sign. I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, people talk about him picking Susan Rice as his uh, sorry as, as his vice presidential candidate. I think she's very problematic, 
That said, she's also probably the most intellectual of the people uh, who are who are in the running right now, able to think on her feet. She's a very sober and deliberative speaker, and maybe that could be uh, something that 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 would work well. I mean, I don't know, but that is tough. But he's not the only one. You know, it's not the wannabe president who's. Uh, exclusively having trouble with uh, language and words. The current president is also having trouble. Shifting production to Thailand and to Vietnam. Thailand and Vietnam. Got it. Two places that I like their leaders very much. They're very nice to us. Do they take advantage of the United States? Shifting production to Thailand. We heard. We heard. So (laughs) Trump Trump does his gaffe, says his gaffe, then corrects himself, and then, in pure Trump fashion, then goes on a tangent to editorialize a little bit of how we're getting screwed by these folks. Uh, People in New York are sick of getting screwed, New York City, uh, by the taxes and by the horrible governments. And so now we've got the governor begging folks to come back to New York. Now, I've heard a friend of mine who works works for a newspaper has a place in Cape Cod, and she said that the New Yorkers have moved in there, moved in there months ago, and have not come back. Usually these were their summer houses, but since the COVID thing happened, and certainly since uh, the fully government-sanctioned rioting happened, have said, in no way, we're sticking out, we're sticking it out up here. Anyway, Governor Andrew Cuomo wants you back. I literally talk to people all day long who are now in the Hamptons house, who also lived here, or in their Hudson Valley house or in their Connecticut weekend house. And I say, you got to come back. When are you coming back? We have to screw you more. When are you coming back? We'll go to dinner. I'll buy you a drink. If those things were open, we could do that. Come over. I'll cook. They're not coming back right now. And you know what else they're thinking? If I stay there, they pay a lower income tax. Huh. Because they don't pay the New York City surcharge. Can you believe those bastards thinking that? I can't believe it. How dare they? Can you believe the nerve of them? Looking out for their own well-being? Looking out for their own financial well-being? How dare they? My God, I can't believe it. How, how did this all of a sudden happen? <laughs> Let's listen to it again. I literally talk to people all day long who are now in the Hamptons house, who also lived here or in their Hudson Valley house, or in their Connecticut weekend house. Or in their Cape Cod, Massachusetts house. And I say, you got to come back. When are you coming back? We'll go to dinner. I'll buy you a drink. When are you coming back? Well, uh, the problem is that all of the retail that I used to love living near has either been burned to the ground or has is now out of business. Uh, and though there's a new colorful... A mural that says Black Lives Matter in my street. We've also got the problem of the occasional Molotov cocktail and the crime rate, which has surged to twice as what it was last year. And we don't find that in Nantucket, Governor. So we're going to stick it out, ride it out up here for a little bit. But thank you for asking. Thank you for the uh, the invitation to dinner. Come over. I'll cook. They're not coming back right now. And you know what else they're thinking? If I stay there, they pay a lower income tax. Huh. Because they don't pay the New York City surcharge. Wow. What do you know? You tax the hell out of people, and they don't enjoy it. Huh. Who knew? Maybe it's also now the checkpoints. 
that the moronic mayor of New York City has established on the roads and bridges. Freaking checkpoints. You're going to have to show your paper doc- documentation to this guy's, uh, to this guy's uh, attachments out there. This is de Blasio. Um, what's de Blasio's first name? I can't think of his... Vic de Blasio. What's de Blasio's first name? How come I don't have it? Oh, the dog's trying to get up. So. De Blasio, de Blasio, de Blasio, de Blasio. De Blasio. Bill de Blasio. Jesus, where the, how the hell did that happen? I lose something every day. Pepper, stay in here. Stay in here, Pepper. I'm I'm Cuomo, and you're somebody in the Hamptons. Stay in here. So uh, here's this is the beautiful Bill De Blasio is beautiful. He then okay, I'll let the dog out. Okay, well this is your chance. Once you go, you're you're not coming back in. Say it. What that is is that's the Pepper. The coon, uh, coon hound. She is a um, fox hound. She's wants to be with me all the time unless she smells something happening down in the kitchen, and that is what was happening right there. So she is gone. So here's Bill De Blasio. A reporter asks him about what Cuomo says. Governor Cuomo uh, was discussing ways to try and persuade uh, rich friends, millionaires, to come back to the city. Uh, is the city keeping track of how many residents have left since the pandemic and the crime wave? Um, hearing a lot of anecdotal evidence, uh, the, the governor obviously yesterday or the day before. Um, is the city keeping track of this? Yeah. Yes, but I want to put things in a very quick perspective. Uh, we are having a problem in the last few months. Uh, there's been an uptick in crime, but it is a problem directly related to the coronavirus. <laughs> Can you, are you freaking kidding me? Directly related to the coronavirus. It has nothing to do with us cultivating a culture of rioting and destruction at night. Has nothing to do with that mayor calling off the police from dangerous neighborhoods, castigating the police at every chance. And these neighborhoods then turning into war zones where violent crime is through the roof. It's the virus that did it. The incredible inability for any self-reflection from de Blasio and Cuomo and many other governors and mayors is frigging earth-shattering. It's got to be mental illness. It cannot be that they actually can't see this. Blames a coronavirus. Just as I said, you're going to see the crime situation turn around because the NYPD is employing new strategies, working more closely. Uh, yes, mostly staying away from the communities. Uh, where the where the uh, crime is happening, mostly not being plain closed officers anymore, which is how they were getting the guns uh, by and large, until you you know deleted that uh, particular attach. Why don't I say attachment again? That particular uh, portion of the police force mostly with communities because the summer will be over soon. Uh, because the well, if the summer will be over soon, first of all, I you had everybody sheltering in place, but if the summer will be over soon. And so people are going to go back inside because it's cold as hell, by the way, which happens in November or December. Well, and that's not your strategy Strategy that's going to address the problem of rising crime. That's the winter. It may, there's a chance that the crime spree, the spike in crime, 
will be brought down because thankfully New York's getting a new mayor soon. Coronavirus crisis will be over soon. So I do not hear a lot of people uh, making decisions based on that. I think there's a pretty strong understanding out there. People are paying attention. He's suggesting that the crime wave in New York City, which is a different city now than it was four months ago, is not why people are getting the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. This is a temporary reality uh, caused by a perfect storm of, of problems. Including a moron mayor. But the issue of folks who left because of the virus, I think you'll see a certain number of people who leave and after appropriate time, after there's a vaccine, will come back. I think you'll see some people who maybe decide they want a different kind of lifestyle. I think a lot of those people will be Yes, yes. One that's not adorned with a moronic governor and health czars and uh, all of these other elected officials who are not responsible, who don't take responsibility for any of the things that they've done to make the situation horrible, who don't take responsibility for their policies that killed 20,000 old people in New York. There is no accountability. And people get sick of that. And then when you tax them, when you take away everything that was wonderful about their city, hand it over to an element in the rioters and criminals who want to make the society worse so that they're thriving and then castigate these people and then tax the hell out of the, the people who are leaving. Eventually you slap them in the face so much that they start to feel like they're being slapped in the face. Placed by other people coming in. For decades now, as people have left New York City, they've been replaced and then some by more and more people coming in. So I think that pattern will start again uh, over the next couple of years, but to the isn't that great? Yeah, so um, some will leave. We'll get new ones. How? What does the brochure for New York City look like right about now? I don't think it looks too good. For there's a lot of cities. I don't think the brochure for Minneapolis. Yeah, we'll get new ones. You're not going to get new ones. People are getting the hell out of Dodge. The point about the folks out in the Hamptons, I have to be very clear about this. Oh, we do we not go. make decisions based on the wealthy few. Oh, here we go. This goes to de Blasio's core DNA. Uh, that I was, I was troubled to hear this concept that because wealthy people have uh, a set of concerns about the city, that we should accommodate them. Wealthy people pay the taxes in this city, Bill. The taxes in this city go for the services and the upkeep of the city, and supposedly the security of the city. They used to anyway. For you to you know, give this malevolent look over to the wealthy New Yorkers, this disdain for those people, I'm sorry they're doing well and they're productive and they're producing capital for the state in the city they're producing for this you need some of those people you want them to be custodians of the city you want them to to want to nurture and take care of their city but no 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 no. de blasio no he, he can tell rich people bad people when he sees them that we should build our policies and approaches around them that's not how it works around here anymore this yeah no kidding no kidding the people who do the right thing and happen to be uh, live fruitful lives, those people are not the valued ones. No, that's not how we do things around here. 
It's the people who will throw bricks and, uh, and, and try to uh, blind police. Those those are the people who we want to. It's Antifa scum from Darien, Connecticut. 22-year-old kids who are ver- parents are dishing out $300,000 for college. As long as they still take to the streets at night in, in, the, in the right vein, in the spirit of the right cause, even though they're firebombing cars and hurting people, those are the people who now get to go to the front of the line. This city is for New Yorkers. This city is for people who live here, work here, fight to make this place better, fight through this crisis. So there's a lot of New Yorkers who are wealthy, who are true believers in New York City and will stand and fight with us. And there's some who may be fair weather friends, but they will be replaced by others. Good riddance. But we must build our policies around working people. And if our federal government fails us and doesn't provide stimulus, uh, we should immediately return in Albany to the discussion of a tax on wealthy New Yorkers. Oh, that's a great idea, Bill. I think that's a great idea. Hey, you. We don't value you. We despise you. You're crap. You have no voice here. Pay us more and stay here, too. That is well done, man. That is pure Chamber of Commerce stuff, Bill. Because as we see from the stock market, while everyone else is suffering, the rich are getting richer. And it's time to look that in the face and say, you know what? Wealthy New Yorkers can afford to pay a little bit more so that everyone else can make it through this crisis. That's where this conversation should be centered. What a psychotic. But, you know, New York City, you voted for this moron. You voted for him. You got him. There you go. Wealthy New Yorkers, they're doing well in the stock market, which is, you know, it's not just wealthy. You know, people's 401ks are in the stock market. No Wall Street kinds of people. No, we don't need you. You'll be replaced. Man, isn't that guy the perfect example of progressiveness, progressivism in action? Oh, how fun. Shifting production to Thailand. So that has caused a debate online about the best part of the chicken and thighs or uh, chicken breast. And I've got to say, though thighs, when immediately cooked, are delicious, it is darker meat, and it's hard to mess them up on a grill. They're lovely. You keep, reheated, they're awful and scary. And although I'm a, I love chicken thighs, and I'm a dark meat person, but um, the chicken breasts... Chicken breast and chicken breast, you know, you can make chicken um, parmesan out of it or whatever. That stuff, one, you can eat cold. It doesn't even have to be reheated, but it reheats well. So that's where I am on that. Oh, by the way, you know who's coming up? Mm-hmm. I should have told you this 40 minutes ago or whatever it was. Uh, Dr. David B. Samadhi is going to join us and tell us exactly where the hell we are as far as the COVID goes. Oh, no, he isn't. I erased the freaking interview. Oh, my God. I erased the interview. Didn't I? Didn't I? I erased the interview. That is heartbreaking. Yes, it is gone. That is absolutely heartbreaking. Okay, Tom. Let's not let this hurt too much. Let's not let this hurt too much. Well, it was a great interview. The guy was funny. As a matter of fact, God damn it. I hate that. Oh, Jesus. Okay. 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 I closed all the files on Adobe Edition. I didn't save them. 
and I forgot. I was just cleaning up. There's too many opening files. It just happened like 30 minutes ago. Damn it. Sorry about that. God, that freaking makes me mad. Oh, God. What a, and it was an especially good interview. God damn. Remind me to never do that again. I'm sorry. That was so stupid. God, I, this is going to ruin my night. Well, maybe you'll check him out somewhere. You know, his name is... Uh, His name is David B. Samadhi. He thinks the 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 most part this thing is over and largely, and people should still be cautious. But he doesn't even want to talk about New York because New York screwed everything up and yada 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 yada. yada. Okay, I'll get over it. Get over it, Tom. Get over it. Get over it. Okay, turning the page. God damn, that hurts. Damn, idiot. Okay, that's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Okay. Tommy Laren, you may know her. She used to be on One American News, and then she went over to The Blaze, and now she's at Fox News. She's a she's a, a very attractive uh, blonde woman, a conservative, outspoken. And um, so she took to Instagram because her and her friends are having a problem. And I find this ironic because this reminds me, when I was 30, she's 27, when I was 30, she would not have wanted Tom Shattuck trying to hit on her. I can, let me just tell you that. Take it away, Tommy. Please do not mix in people like me and my friends who have something going on with your other girls that have nothing going on. And by nothing going on, I mean this. I don't, there is no job that is unimportant. There is no job that's not valuable or that's not worthy. It is. But if you want to mix in people like me and people like my friends who are go-getters, who work really hard, who make their own money, who are talented, skilled, <laughs> ambitious, please don't mix us in with the Tatianas. Ooh, my, we have a healthy self-esteem, Tommy. So her class, her group of winners... The the elites stay away from them. So you want the Tatianas now? The Tatianas. I've looked this up. So this audio I have. Obviously, I don't have the the one I needed, but that's fine. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. A Tatiana is um, is 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 thought stands for T O T H O T that hoe over there. And Tatiana, there was a song named Tatiana, and it seems to be about uh, young, attractive women who are very amorous, I guess. Cardi B sings the song. Bust down, bust it, bust it, bust down on the gang. Cardiana, I was home with my kid, mommy, mommy, Real I don't be with all that drama. Money, my business, I'm a bother. I ain't dragging, I'm lit. Clapping back, I'm clapping on the on the bus, bus I'm a savage. Throw it back like a ten-year challenge. Take him to the crib, then I push him on the sofa. Have his breath smelling like the mimosa. Uh. Yeah, have his breath. <laughs> okay, you can look it up. You can look it up. That's the clean version, thankfully. So anyway, Tommy Lauren, that she doesn't want the Tatianas. She don't want you guys. Guys, if you're hitting on, if you're a professional set, the elite men. You seem to be hitting on these women, the Tatianas, instead of the elite go-getter winners like Tommy and her crew, and she's not pleased. We don't want to be there. If that's what you want, find them. 
please, for the love of God, do not mix us in with them because we don't want to be there. And quite frankly, we take it as an insult if we find out that you are also talking to five Tatianas who have nothing going on. <laughs> People like me and my friends are going to be insulted by that. And there's almost really no coming back from it. So the, it is, can you imagine that? We're the elites who are intelligent go-getters, winners, super achievers, overachievers. Don't waste your time with, you know, vacuous, non-elite, attractive girls. So I'm of many minds on this stuff. So first of all, Tommy Lahren and her group would not have wanted me around when I was her age. I was not a go-getter. I also had no game. I had nothing that they were looking for. And they are very obviously very materialistic, which is fine. <clears throat> People like stuff. Men like stuff. Women like stuff. Um, that said, men also like attractive women who are not necessarily philosophers. And, and so do women. Sometimes just somebody who's attractive and fun is... All people need at, at some point. But she does, I mean, this seems a little bitter. So if you want that kind of a girl, the kind of girl who's just kind of happy going through the motions of life, not really super ambitious, hasn't really found herself yet, doesn't really have a whole lot going on other than she's pretty, please just go after them. And please do not mix us in. We don't want to be there. <laughs> don't mix us. God, that's classist, isn't it? I mean, what if she's a really nice person? Is that does that count for something? No. I promise you. So value, value. There's a lot of women out there that I know that are my good friends who have amazing jobs, who work really hard, but who can't seem to find a decent guy, even if they go up in age five to ten to fifteen years, because those guys all want to be with twenty-one-year-olds who have nothing going on. <laughs> Isn't that how and I I knew people like this. I've known some some people who I knew a, a one woman I'm thinking of was in medical sales, um, pharmaceutical sales. She made a lot of money, a lot of money, and she only wanted to date men who made a lot more money. She was already making a few hundred thousand, and she wanted to date men who made much more than her. And at least up until the time she was almost forty, I think she's uh, she remained unmarried, didn't find. So it, it it is interesting because Tommy Lahren, who has an extremely, you know, who's demanding, she has these. She's got a certain set of standards for men, and so you better not even if you're a guy, you better not even associate with these Tatianas, these happy little lucky girls. And then think that you can talk to Tommy Lahren again. Doesn't really seem fair because, you know, the Tatianas, maybe they're nice and they have no problem with the Tommy Lahrens and her group of friends. And also, I mean, this prejudging and this categorizing and stereotyping that Tommy Lahren is happy to do. Well, those men that you're looking for, that were 15 years older, etc., the, the good ones, the ones that are go-getters and will appreciate you as well. A lot of those guys you're looking for, they're also as close-minded as you. And so they're finding, you know, what's easy. I still like Tommy Lauren, by the way. 
It's very unfortunate. I don't think it's going to be fulfilling. But I would say to the men out there, try to maybe find a woman that you can talk to, communicate with, might actually have her shit together, might actually be ambitious. First of all, all those guys, according to you, are uh, hooking up and live, living a good life already with these 21-year-old Tatianas who probably are not lecturing them like you are. This and have something going on or want to have something going on, I don't care what she does. She doesn't have to be on TV. She doesn't have to be a PhD. She doesn't have to be a television producer. She doesn't have to own her own company. But be ambitious and have something going on. Those women out there are going to be a lot more fulfilling to you. You're actually going to enjoy your time. And if you actually might want a sustainable and healthy and stable relationship, that's probably the kind of girl you're going to need to find. Not the Tatiana's who just want to look cute and post it on Instagram. Is she saying like, like Tommy Lauren was right there. So, you know, if there's a, a market out there of men who want to be lectured into dating these kind of women, I would say if I was a guy and I was, and I was hearing somebody speak like that about the parameters of who I'm allowed to associate with and, and, um, and what kind of people I should be dealing with and what kind of people I should be shutting out of my life, I would say, um, red flag. All right. I am depressed about not having this interview because I had I, I did it a couple of hours ago. It was a great interview. And now I'm, I'm not going to mention it anymore. That's fine. I'm going to start drinking. That'll be fine. I'll get over it. That's fine. God, can't believe it. God, it's freak. Freak. Ugh. Freak. And it was so good. That's what sucks about it. I do plenty of bad ones. Why can't it be one of those ones? God. Say la vie. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.